Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. It says this, speaking of Christ. And He is before what? All things. And in Him, all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. And He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, He might be what? Preeminent. That in every single area of our lives, He might be preeminent. That is the word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat, everybody. You know, growing up, I always had heard of chiropractors, but the reality is that I never really knew what they did. I didn't really understand it, but it wasn't until recently where I understood that what they focus on is adjusting the spine to correct alignment problems. And the person who really helped me understand all of this was Dr. Oscar Molina. Uh, I met him back at the Miami Springs campus, and we've been good friends ever since. And his wife, Stephanie, she's also a chiropractor. And they have three beautiful little children. They're just a great, great, great family. But when it comes to Dr. Oscar, he just doesn't focus, he doesn't focus on traditional chiropractic methods. You know, I think we're all pretty familiar with this. You know, the, the it, chiropractors, what they do is that they focus on every single bone of the spine. They align it so that people could feel better. And for the most part, listen, they are very, very effective. But when it comes to Dr. Oscar, he doesn't focus on all these other bones. He only focuses on this top little bone right here called the atlas. In fact, everyone say atlas with me. Atlas. One more time. Everyone say atlas with me. Atlas. atlas. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this little seemingly insignificant bone. Because it la it's at the top of the vertebrae, and it's really the bone before all other bones. And it's, it's important because it's not only in top the, and first in terms of order, but it's also first in terms of priority. Now follow, follow it with me. Because when, when people focus on this atlas phone, uh, uh, bone, the reality is that the, the, the thought behind it is as long as they put the atlas in the right place, then all the other bones are going to fall into order. So it doesn't matter where the spine is or what are the issues, the moment that the atlas is put in the right place, all the bones fall into place. So when Dr. Oscar meets with a patient, he never really focuses on all the other bones, but rather he simply focuses on that atlas bone because he knows that if he adjusts that atlas week after week, eventually all the bones are going to fall into order. Pretty cool, right? Now, family, let me just bring all of that over to our teaching for today because, folks, what an image. What an image of what happens when we put Christ in the right place in our life. And by that, I mean that just like when the atlas is put in the right place, all other bones fall into order. Listen, just like that, and here's the big idea for this weekend. 
when we place Christ first, when we place, when we place Christ in the right place in our lives, everything tends to fall in order as well. Amen? Amen. Listen, our family life falls into order. Our businesses fall into order. Our relationships, our children, every area starts to fall into place, including, including, which is a focus of this series, our finances and the way that we give back to God. Amen? Now, you may be sitting there, you may be wondering, well, pastor, what is the right place for Christ to be in my life? What is the right place? And, and, what are some things that can cause me from putting Christ in the right place? What are some of those things? Well, we're going to find out from Colossians chapter 1, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1, and you can turn your workbooks to page 19. We're going to be taking notes, notes today from page 19. And write this down as point number one, right there in your workbooks. Listen, Christ must be first in everything, amen? amen. Christ must be first in every single area of our life. With that in mind, let's pick it up in verse 17. It says this. It says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, and he, it was interesting, I love that. You know, leaders are not the head of the church. Pastors are not the head of the church. Who's the head of the church? Christ is the head of the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in some of the things, uh-uh, that in everything, he might be what? Preeminent. Now pause right there. Because as you may recall from last week, one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul was writing to this church in Colossae was to battle the heretical teachings from the Gnostics. Now, the Gnostics were Greek philosophers that had infiltrated the church, and they were trying to change the people, people's perspective of who Christ was. You know, they wanted them to get them to understand that, you know, Christ wasn't really God, but he was something else. And family, listen, this was really, really dangerous because if these Gnostics, if these Greek philosophers could change the people's view of who Christ was, then everything would change about them, including how they prioritize Christ in their life. And so Paul's making sure that the people in Colossae and us here at Christ Fellowship today, listen, that we understand that Christ is the eternal God, and because he's the eternal God, he deserves preeminence in our lives. Amen? In fact, if you're in your Bible, circle the word preeminence right there in your Bibles. Or just make a, make a note of it in your apps. Because the word here for preeminent is the word protuo, which, you know, we always remind you that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Where the word here for preeminent is protuo, which is the word that we, which is the word that we get the word prototype for, from. And literally, what it really literally means is to be first or to hold first place. So, so what Paul's saying here is that if Christ is in fact the eternal God who created all things, who spoke the world into existence, and, and, and that all things find their meaning and their purpose in him, if he is that God, listen, then he needs to be first 
in every single area of our life. Specifically, write this down, small number, uh, letter A. First in everything also includes your finances. Your finances. You know, the reality is that many people, they strive to put Christ first in many different areas of their lives. You know, they put Christ first in their marriages. Uh, they put Christ first with their children. They put Christ first in their jobs. They try to put Christ first when there's a trial going on in their lives. But oftentimes, for whatever reason, people resist putting Christ first in their finances. See, this is why Jesus, when he was here on this earth, he spoke more about money, finances, and what we do with our money way more than anything else. And it wasn't because he cares about money, right? Christ is the creator of all things. Listen, he doesn't care about your money, and he doesn't need your money, amen? But our Lord can see the heart of men. And sometimes, listen, he can go through the facade outside, and he realizes that this topic of money, money has a way of gripping people's hearts, right? He just has a way, and our Lord, he can see through all the, the, listen, he can see through all that. But far too often, listen, people, when we talk about money at church, you know, oftentimes they just get very, very defensive. And when I see someone react like that, it always reminds me of this quote, that, of, of the statement that one of my favorite authors said, Tim Keller. He said this. He said, the sin that is most destructive in your life right now is the one you're most defensive about. Think about that. The sin in your life that you're, that's most destructive in your life right now is likely the area that you're most defensive about. So, for example, listen, we can apply this to any area of our life. If someone approaches you and talks to you about the way you're treating your spouse and you get defensive, guess what? Maybe that's an area that you're really struggling if someone approaches you about, uh, about the fact that you should be forgiving that specific person and move on with your life, but you get defensive about it, guess what? Maybe there's something there that's holding your heart. If someone talks to you about your purity and you get really defensive about that topic, maybe that area in your life has a grip in your heart more than you realize. And so whenever we talk about money and finances, if you get really defensive about it, Listen, that may just be revealing to you that maybe money has a grip on your heart way more than you would like to admit, amen? Thank you. And so the reality is ultimately isn't that Christ just wants us to liberate us from the love of money, right? From our reliance on it, from, from our putting our trust in, 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 in what money promises so that we can have a relationship with him that, that, that really grows and puts more and more of our trust. And so, family, listen, as we journey with the Lord, write this down as letter B, right there in your workbooks. Christ cannot just be a factor in your finances, right? He can just not be a factor in your finances. Instead, write, write this down as letter C. Christ must be the factor in your finances, in other words, when it comes to God and Christ and how we handle what we have, he cannot just be a factor, a small factor, but he needs to be the determining factor, that deciding factor in everything we do. 
And you know, the, the, the first place to start to make them the factor, that deciding factor of everything we have, is first acknowledging that he is the provider of everything we have. Amen? That's where it all begins. In fact, there's a passage in 1 Chronicles where the people of God, just like Christ Fellowship, is we're gathering to give to the Lord and commit and, and really further God's kingdom here on this earth. And as God's people are gathered together, ready to give, I love that David comes before the entire nation of Israel. And listen to what he says, because these short words are just so profound. Listen to what he says. He says this, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Listen to what he says next. Because everything comes from you. And we have given only what comes from your what? What comes from your hand. Now, folks, think about that specific verse. Number one, it's a privilege to give back to the Lord. Amen? But you know what? David here wants us to be sure that we understand that whatever we give back to God, it's first because he what? He gave it all to us. And so, folks, when we, the, when we start making Christ the factor, right, in, in, in how we handle our money, right, the, the, the first thing we got to do is we got to recognize that he is our all-sufficient provider. In fact, let me just give you kind of a visual to help you understand how this approaches us practically. You know, all of us, whether we have a formal one or an informal one, listen, we all have a budget. Isn't that the, the case, right? We all have a budget, whether informal or formal. Listen, we all have working from sort of whether we're young or older, we all have a budget. It kind of looks like this right? The idea is that we have income, right? We have our income, we have our salaries, and then we have a bunch of expenses, right? We get our mortgage, our utilities. I know some of you are already looking down at Disney money. I see you all. Oh, yeah. I see you all. But anyway, right, this is how it works. So we all have our expenses. We have similar but different, but this is more or less how we all work for. And the general idea is that we don't spend more than our income, right? That's the goal of a budget, right? That we are organized so that we don't spend more than our income, but, you know, if we're truly going to put Christ, you know, first and, he, and, and, and really think through the, what, the fact that he is the one who provides us all, then there needs to be a shift in the way you even look at your budget. Because when you start off, it shouldn't say, it shouldn't be your salary and your spouse's salary, but rather it should be God's provision in both lines. Why? Because there's something that's healthy, right, that when we look at our budget, that just is a reminder, hey, God is the one who's providing everything. In fact, listen, in my own budget with, with Ashley, we have changed, listen, the, the, these two lines, not to Omar's salary, Ashley's salary, but literally God's provision. Because I'm telling you, family, it's so healthy that when you look at your spreadsheet or your, your budget, that you remind yourself every time, listen, everything we have. Come from the Lord. Amen? Amen? And so here's the way it works. Yes, God does give us everything. And now that he's the one who provides everything for us, right, he wants us then to respond and honor him with what he gives us. In fact, listen to what Proverbs chapter 3 says. It says, 
because he is a provider of all, now honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the what? With the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now folks, listen, the Lord is explicitly here with what he's asking us. Listen, if you want to be someone in your life that you honor the Lord in this specific area of your life and your finances, then, then you have to honor him first out of everything you receive. You know, it doesn't say the second fruits. It doesn't say the fifth fruits. It doesn't say that the last fruits, right, or the leftover fruits. No, he says the first fruits of all you receive. You know, the reality for, all of, for, for many of us, you know, we have a, a line item in our budget that says something like this, God. But can I tell you something so easy for us not to be a priority but somewhere down the line? You know, if we went to Disney this past weekend and we just spent one extra night and we went to that nice dinner and the kids just had way too many elephant ears and turkey legs, right, and we would just spend way too much money, you know, but maybe that week, you know, maybe... God gets down the, down, the, down, down the budget. You know, if we had some other, other things that we wanted to get, I didn't want to get this specific thing, this blouse, this, you know, this, whatever it is, the shoes, what, what happens, right? It, it's, it, we're ever depending on how much money we have that, that, that week or that month or whatever your schedule is, it gets pushed down. And so oft, and, and oftentimes when, when we spend waste way too much money, guess what? He's just left out. And family, sometimes we just leave them right here, right at the end. And, and folks, when you just look at that budget just like that, God's provision and God is all the way down here. Folks, even, doesn't that even just look a little odd? He provides everything for us, but then we just, he's just the last factor. If we have enough, then we will honor God. But listen, the Lord is very, very clear. Since he is the provider of all things, listen, he wants you to honor him first in a specific area of your life. And you know, I know family that this area, this, to do this right here is hard. There takes sacrifice to do this. I, I get it. You know, even my own life with Ashley, we know we're entering to this all-in season, and her car, she has a, an older white little Mazda SUV, and it's getting high in miles, and we're thinking, okay, when is the right time to, to get a new car? But you know, we said this, you know, for this all-in season, we can go a couple more years with this car so that we can be sure that we can honor the Lord and sacrifice as much as we can for the work of Christ. Because just think about this. What good is it if we're, if she's, if we're driving around in a brand new car, but every time we get into that car, it's a reminder that we're not honoring God? You know, whatever money you have that you feel you can't use for something else, every time you go into that car, go into that bathroom, go into that closet, whatever the case may be, is another reminder, I didn't honor God in this specific area. Folks, why would we want to live our lives that way? Amen? Yeah. Listen, we, we need to live lives that we know that we are living with integrity and we have a peace that we know that we're right with the Lord. Can I tell you, sometimes the reason our finances are out of whack, they're in shambles, they're not the way they're supposed to be, is because we've never prioritized and started by honoring Christ first. You know, just going back to the Atlas, listen, 
Sometimes we try, imagine there's your budget, you try to figure out your finance and you keep fixing and fudging. It's never the, the, the right order, it's never the right thing, but you never bother to put the atlas in the right place, right? It, it, you know, just, just like, just imagine that we're trying to figure all these bones out, but we never put the atlas in the right place. Folks, in the same way, you're trying to try to get things in order, but you never start with putting Christ in the right place. And folks, there's a way, listen, God is just so faithful that when you start honoring him and when you start putting him first and you give sacrificially back to him there is a way amen that the lord just starts to figure things out for you provide for you align things for you and i don't know how he does it amen but somehow some way our faithful god listen he's there for you and he starts leading you amen family And so you may be here today and you're saying, Pastor, listen, I'm in this all-in season and I know I, I want to be all-in and I want to prioritize, but the re reality is that if you look at my budget, it doesn't look like this. So, so, Pastor, what's keeping me from putting God, from honoring God first? What's keeping me? Well, write this down as big number two. The truth is that we resist placing Christ first in our finances, right? Due to our sinful nature, listen, there's something in us Listen, that we resist this specific area. And for so many people, they don't place Christ first because of, write this down as letter A, it's because of a lack of knowledge. Wow. Lack of knowledge. Now, there are many, there are some people here at our church that maybe you're a brand new believer, you just started walking with the Lord just recently, and because we don't really tackle this topic all that often here at church, you honestly really didn't know. That, that part of your walk with the Lord is to honor him also with your finances, with all you receive. And so if that's you, listen, it's perfectly fine, but this is a great season for you to start, okay, I didn't know that aspect of my walk with God. I, I need to start really kind of wrestling with it and, and seeing how can I take steps to honor the Lord. And so listen, if that's you, it's a great season for you because trust me, after you go through it, you're going to be like, wow, I, I'm so glad I began to trust Christ and honor him in this specific area. So some of us, it's because of a lack of knowledge, and that's great, and it's going to be really important for you this season for you. But for others, write this down as B, it's due to fear. It's due to fear. And this fear is tied to us being concerned that we will not be able to be as comfortable in other areas or be able to pay for other certain things. And so maybe you're here today and this is what you're thinking. As you're listening to this message and you're kind of processing all this, you may be thinking this, listen, Pastor Omar, I can't give. I can't do it. Because if I give the way the Lord is asking me to, that I don't know how I'm going to cover other expenses and I don't know how I'm going to be able to be as comfortable as I want to be in other specific areas. And listen, if, if that statement resonated with you, this is a significant moment because you just implicitly admitted that you are not trust, that, that you don't see God as your provider, but you see yourself as your provider. You see, because what you're really saying is, if I just give back to God, then Omar, I don't know how I'm going to provide for the other expenses. I don't know how I'm going to provide enough to be as comfortable as I want to be. And so really what's happening here is by you saying that, it's unearthing something in your heart. That there's something in you that you still think that you are the provider of yourself. 
But because I listen to what our Lord tells us in Matthew chapter 6, if that resonated with you, listen to the words of our Lord. He says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. Do not be fearful. Do not worry, listen, about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap. They nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them every single day. And then he asks this question, are you not more valuable than they? Think about that. You know, I have a little girl I've told her before, and as many of us have children. Could you imagine your child loving you, striving to honor you, doing all the things, and yet you taking the sense that you're not going to feed them? I'm not going to provide for them. Mm -mm. You know, sometimes, it's how absurd that is, right? Listen, we would starve, right? We would give our life before anything happened to our children. And sometimes, you know, we have this perspective of how we view our children, but somehow we think that our Heavenly Father doesn't see us that way. Listen, He gave His Son for you already. He wants you to come to a point, listen, that, that, that you trust Him, that you say, Lord, I need to trust that even if I honor you, you will provide, you, you will help me through this season because He's your Heavenly Father. Listen, how will He not honor? take care and provide for these children that are striving to honor him, it doesn't make sense. Amen? And so listen, some of us need to overcome that fear of not being able to provide for ourselves because we have a heavenly father. And then for this, there's a third reason. Write this down. Let's let her see. The third reason is disobedience. Disobedience. You know, there's some of us here today who've been walking for the, with the Lord for a very long time. And you know that God is your provider, and you know what he's requiring of you. But the reason, for whatever reason, you in your own personal life, you have not taken a step to honor him in this area. You just haven't done it. In fact, there was a season in the life of the people of God where they knew what God was requiring them, requiring of them, but they, they didn't obey, they didn't honor the Lord. So listen to what God says in Malachi chapter 3. He says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. What is God saying? Listen, your fathers, your, your, your parents, they, they told you the truth, of, my truth. They told you that I am your provider and I ask you now to honor me and to give back. So you know the truth. He says, and you have not kept them. And then he says, return to me, Come on. and I will return to you. And then you ask, but how shall we return? You see, what's happening here is that because they were minimizing the importance of this, of this area in their life, they didn't think that there was anything wrong with their relationship with God. They kept, they kept minimizing, but God's saying, listen, 
return to me and I'll return to you. You might be thinking that there's no issue here, but there's an issue here. Return to me and I will return to you. And this is what it says next. They ask, but you say, how shall we return? God, how shall, how shall we return? And then he said, God says, will a man rob God? Yeah, you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you, God? Lord, Lord, we're not going into the, they're saying, Lord, we're not, we didn't go into the temple. We're not stealing mugs. We're, we're not stealing chairs. We're not stealing gold from the temple. We're not stealing the treasury. Oh, God, what are you saying that, that, that we're robbing you? And then he says, in your tithes and in your offerings. See, what we see here is that the people of God knew the commandments of God, but for whatever reason, they refused to obey him. And I think if God is so direct with his people, listen, then I have to share God's truth. Amen. Listen, this is an area for some of us, you know, that we're trying to put Christ first in a lot of different areas in our lives, but this is an area that we simply just have not obeyed and honored the Lord like he's asking us to. And so if that's you, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm especially excited for you for this season because it's going to be so healthy in you this season to really wrestle with God and really adjust these different areas because, listen, if there's an area in Scripture, it goes on, that God says, test me, is in this area. Listen, you're fearful of God, of, of not providing for yourself. You're, listen, this is an area that God says, test me in this and see if I will not provide for you. And so, church family, isn't this is such a healthy season for, for us? You know, we, we don't tackle this topic often here. But while we're on this topic and this all-in series, it's so healthy for us to really self-examine our hearts to see where we're at. Amen? Amen. And really just wrestle with the Lord. So you may, you may be thinking, oh, pastor, listen, I want to put God first in my finances. I'm ready. You know, I'm in this all-in season. I'm wearing my T-shirt. Man, I'm ready to take this journey. So how can I do it? How can I do it? Well, write this down as big number three. Trust, only trust, places Christ first in our finances, right? Only trust in the Lord places Christ first. See, family, the, the primary goal, like I shared last week, the primary goal of this all-in season is really that we would engage and that we would trust Christ and surrender to him like never before. Listen, that is ultimately the goal of the season, to help all of us take steps in our trust in Christ. And the, second, the secondary goal, listen, is just mission advancement. You know, whatever the Lord puts in your hearts, in my hearts, in all hearts to give to the work of God, listen, we will then channel all that to further the kingdom of God, right? So the more people could reach Christ. And you know what's cool about this whole thing? Listen, our church, by the grace of God, we have zero debt. And so whatever, listen, the people of God give to the work of God will be used to the work of God. Amen? And so, but, but, but make no mistake about it. Still, listen, regardless of how much we end up giving, the primary goal is that all of us, that we would trust Christ in this specific area. You know, when, when the Lord was here, since he understood how money grips our heart, and that we like to make excuses and put you know, facades. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 6. He says this. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one 
and, and, be devo- and, and love the other. Or he will be devoted to one and what? Despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't do it. You know, the word money there, and many of you have seen other translations, the, the word money in the original text is the word mammon, which is, if you keep tracing it, the word mammon actually goes to the God of prov- provision, the God of money. And so what, what is the Lord saying here? He's saying, my son, my daughter, you cannot serve, you cannot trust God and money. You will either love money and hate me ultimately, or you will love me and hate money, right? I mean, listen, they're, 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 it's, a, it's not half in and half out. It's not three quarters and one quarter. No, 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 no. The Lord's words are very clear. You cannot serve God and money. You've got, you got to pick one which is your devotion to. And see, in this season, we're leading everyone to trust Christ. Amen. You see that? You know, what's interesting in, in, in Scripture, the only thing in Scripture that God puts in direct opposition to him other than the enemy is money. Isn't that crazy? Because there's something about money, listen, that grips our heart. But listen, it's time to leave all that behind and trust Christ. You know why? Because your money cannot give you the security that you need. You notice how much money you have in the bank account, you're still not fully secured? Isn't that interesting? It doesn't matter how much money you they're never really happy. Man, I fucking wish I could get some more. Listen, all that money, that peace, that rest, that security that you're longing for, money, you'll never find it. Only Christ could give you that. Amen? And that is why, listen, that is why, that is why God says you cannot serve, you cannot trust God and money. You've got to pick something in your life. And that's what it's all about, right? Taking that step. And you know what's amazing? When his children trust the Lord, honor him, give sacrificially to the work of God like he's asking us to, God has a way of using the obedience and the trust of, our, of his children to further his kingdom and to bring more people to him. In fact, the perfect story of someone who understands this and lives it is Demita. In fact, take a look at her story. My name is Demita Ferguson, and I am a pharmacist here in this community. I've lived in Miami all my life. I have a large family here. My dad is one of 12. I've been with Christ Fellowship since about maybe 2008. And I can remember the very first day that I came here because I was looking for a place where I could learn about God and where I could have all of my needs met. As I guess I started to get older, I realized that, you know, the things that I was searching for weren't really ever filling me once I received them. The first thing that I was looking for was acceptance. And while my family gave me every single thing that they could possibly give, there was still a part of me that was missing. And there was a place that I I needed to feel like I belonged that would kind of complete that part of me that I thought was, was missing. And um, Christ Fellowship, just from the moment I walked in, showed me love. The greeters, (laughs) I had never experienced that. Um, The message, and you know, he gave a message that first brought me to tears and then uh, made me smile and laugh. And, And at the end, all I could remember was just saying thank you because this is what I was looking for. I think my greatest challenge has always been with trust. 
And there have been so many times in my life when I had to, at the end of a very difficult time, to just fall on my knees and say, God, I can't do it. I need help. And even when I was not obedient in my giving, he would always give me a way out. I can't remember a time in my life when he did not give me a way out. All in for me is one thing, and that is trust. It's all about the trust. It means if we're going to expand God's kingdom, I have to expand in my giving. Does that mean that I will lose anything? No, it means I still continue to gain everything. Money has nothing to do with it. It's about what, what the money is going to do so that people are drawn to God, so that people are able to experience that same thing that I experienced, that belonging, the fulfilling of all of your needs, the growing, the, the love. All of that is centered around one thing, and that's just trust. Do you trust God enough to give him, you know, what already belongs to him so that he can use your gift to draw people in? Yeah, man, what, a, what an amazing story. I mean, I just love her story, you know, and, and I love the fact she says it's not about trust, but it's also, you know what, being used so that more people could come to know Christ. Listen, the reason that, that we're here today is because there's people in the past that have trusted and honored the Lord. And that's the reason we have such an amazing church at all campuses. Amen. And so listen, if you're here and you've been faithfully given to God and honoring the Lord, listen, thank you so much because everything we do here is largely because of your trust, your obedience, and you're honoring the Lord and the Lord has used you to further his kingdom here on earth and in our church. Well, thank you so much. And, and you know, but there's a good season for all of us, even those of us who are being committed to being giving, to challenge ourselves and say, Lord, how can I step up, take a step in, of trust in you? You know, how can I trust you like never before? And so as we start heading towards that commitment weekend on March 15th, I just want to challenge you. You know, look at your budget. Look at how you're structuring it and you say Lord am I honoring you the way I should am I really doing that it, it, it is am I giving to the point that's sacrificing to the, the point that you feel honored for it ask yourself the question can I trust you more in this specific area and so listen these are the perfect weeks we got about four more weeks left to go that you can just process and think through and engage the Lord and listen takes the steps of faith in Christ because I'm telling you you will never regret trusting the Lord in this area and giving back to the Lord because listen you can never outgive God amen? amen God has a way of always providing and he wants you to take a step in your journey with him and experience an aspect of him that you never had before amen family let me pray for us before we end Father God we come before you and Father I pray for all of us it's amazing to see that we have a God that will always, the promises to always provide. And my prayer for all of us, including myself, including for Ashley, for all of us individually and collectively, is that we would examine our lives and say, Lord, are we honoring you 
the way that we should. Father, in the next several weeks, Father, I pray that you would, your spirit of, that your spirit would start working in our hearts and leading us to say, trust me here more, trust me here more. And Father, all of us as a church could take steps of faith, give towards you, and may you use what we give, Lord, to reach more people who are in desperate situations without you. So Father, just bless us, Lord, lead us and on that week, and let it be a time that we say we're honoring you for the next few years. God, we love you. And we thank you. Yes, in Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org slash connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.